Konnichiwa, and welcome to the Ichiban edition of FixItNow.com Appliance Repair Radio. I'm your host, Samurai Appliance Repairman, the fermented grandmaster of appliantology, along with my co-host, Mrs. Samurai. How you doing, Mrs. Samurai? I'm doing great. Great. I just want to thank you out there, too, for downloading this, the Ichiban edition of FixItNow.com Appliance Repair Radio, which is abbreviated F-A-R-R, because we know people are into acronyms. Let me tell you a little bit about FixItNow.com Appliance Repair Radio. Well, it's a podcast for do-it-yourself appliance repair. It's for homeowners, consumers, as well as servicers. We, it's a podcast of FixItNow.com, which is our website. It's a comprehensive resource for homeowners and professional servicers. Tons of appliance repair help there. Got appliance repair frequently asked questions for the most common appliance repairs. Uh, expert help in the repair forum. Live appliance repair help. Jump in here anytime, Miss Samurai. You can also buy appliance parts for all, appliance repair parts for all brands and models. It's not only informative, you should tell them, but very entertaining too. Yeah, which they probably wouldn't be able to tell by listening to this podcast so far. But uh, we'll see if we can change that. Well, maybe we're better writers than talkers. Oh God! <laughs> Okay, some of the things we'll talk about in this edition, and in general, too, in these podcasts. Um, appliance industry news, repair tips hot from the manufacturers, latest and greatest repair helps that are posted at fixitnow.com. It's an ongoing conversation with you, the reader. Um, and also my appliance recommendations for consumers based on repair history and my experience as the single most awesome appliance servicer to ever walk the planet and I don't know if I'm exaggerating. What do you think? Huh? I would agree completely. All right. And we'll also try to get into answers. Uh, I get a lot of email, as you can imagine, running a free appliance repair website. And we're going to get into answering uh, your emails, uh, at least a few of them. We'll select some of the better ones that uh, we think have more broad application. And next time it could be you. It could be you. So please feel free to email us at podcast, podcast. at fixitnow.com. That's what? Podcast at fixitnow.com. And if, you, if you're wondering how to spell podcast, this show isn't for you. Yeah. Okay. So what we're going to talk about in this particular episode, well, we've got uh, big industry news from Appliance Service News, which is the trade magazine. Get a lot of inside scoop on, on uh, what's going on in the industry that is of interest to both consumers and servicers. For example, got some big news from GE. There's a big uh, class action lawsuit about the GE refrigerator down in Florida, and there was a settlement on that. If you have a GE refrigerator, stay tuned because you're going to want to hear this. Whirlpool's pending purchase of Maytag. Yes, and then there were three. Ooh. Another one bites the dust, almost. And uh, along with this, sort of a related story, Maytag has shortened the repair, the warranty period, um, sorry, warranty period for their parts, whereas it used to be a year on all genuine Maytag parts. You, for example, I'd go out, install a part in a uh, dryer, appliance, whatever. That part was guaranteed for a year. No more. Now it's something less. Boo. Boo. Yes. And it just keeps getting less and less. And why is that? Is it a conspiracy? No. It's really about the fact that people don't pay for quality. They won't pay for quality. They want, they'll see a nice $600 washer, $450 washer beside it, most people will opt for the cheaper one every time. This is what's driving everything in the industry. It's the way it is. In the appliance 
appliance industry, it's a pretty cutthroat rat race. Oh yeah. So now the parts are made cheaply. Yeah. And they break sooner, so they can't warranty them for as long. That's a fact. We're also going to get into new service tips direct from the manufacturer. Got some great new service tips from Maytag on diagnosing intermittent problems with Maytag top load washers. Got a corrective action for leaking in some Whirlpool front loaders. And there's also been a problem with uh, ice maker overfilling in some KitchenAid built-in K&M line models with indoor ice model refrigerators. That says without. Without indoor ice, you are right, <laughs> thank you. And we'll also, uh, if we have time, get into one or two of your email questions. But first, a word from our sponsor. Fixitnow.com, Samurai Appliance Repairman. Very, very good. Appliance broke? Fix it yourself. Save big bucks. Fixitnow.com, Appliance Repairman. Help thousands of people fix their own appliance. He can help you too. Uh, Fixitnow.com. Whew, all right. Good word from fixitnow.com. Man, that's a great website, isn't it? Oh, I go there every day. Every single day. Many mm -hmm. times a day, in fact, just to see what's up. All right, let's get, let's get on into uh, industry news here. Uh, first, the much-awaited-for GE, General Electric, class action refrigerator lawsuit settlement. Um, in case you're not aware of it, there was a nationwide lawsuit against General Electric that started in southwest Florida. And it's finally come to a, an end, an agreement, with GE agreeing to replace thousands of faulty refrigerator, refrigerators or reimburse its customers. Um, wow. Yeah. Background of the story is that residents throughout southwest Florida had complained that GE and Hot Point 20, 22, and 25 cubic foot refrigerators had excessive moisture problems. Now, at first brush, you might be thinking, oh, excessive moisture, what's, what's the big deal? Well, the problem is that it caused rust puddles on the floor, formation of metal shavings and shards of plastic, and just a general nuisance. And given what GE charges for some of these refrigerators, um, people didn't feel like they should have had to put up with those kinds of things. I don't blame them. Absolutely. And, you know, it is GE. You've got to go after them. Go get them. Uh, and there is the golden rule of purchasing appliances, which these people did not know about or failed to heed, and that is... Whatever, whenever you're buying a, a new appliance, the golden rule is avoid GE like the bubonic plague. And we'll get into reasons for why that is uh, as, the, as the episodes evolve. But there are very good reasons for doing that. And being a servicer, I see a lot of, that, a lot of that, those reasons firsthand. Under the terms of the settlement, GE has to reimburse owners for moisture-related service calls. Give owners an additional year of warranty protection from the time the court gives a settlement a, pr a preliminary approval, maybe as soon as uh, this month, or replace the refrigerators that have required three unsuccessful repair attempts. So if you have a refrigerator, a GE refrigerator, beginning whose model number begins with GSS, that's George Sam Sam, GSH, George Sam Herman, HSS, ESS, GST or HST, then your model is probably included in this settlement and you're probably already experiencing some of those moisture complaints. Um, so that's big news on GE. Good that they have finally uh, fessed up to one of their bads, one of their many bads. Yeah, I guess it took those sicking lawyers after them rather than just 
doing the right thing once they saw a number of complaints coming in. It's such a common story. I mean, it, it takes this its act of pulling teeth instead of stepping up to the plate and doing what's right. You you gotta you gotta drag them to a chair and strap them down and start yanking teeth to get them to do to just do what they should have done in the first place. That is, think about common law. You do everything you say you'll do, and in this case, they're not doing that. They're providing a product that's that has certain expectations with it. It's obviously cheesy and poorly built, and they're just doing everything they can to avoid it. Well, they finally stepped up to the plate here, so we're glad to hear about that. Yeah. And Maytag is slashing warranty on its genuine Maytag parts from one year, used to be all genuine Maytag parts that you would buy or that I would buy to put in an appliance for a customer, was guaranteed for a year. So I would guarantee my work for one year, parts and labor, for example. Well, now Maytag's reducing its warranty terms to just 90 days. And this is on all parts. This is on all Maytag parts. All new Maytag parts, and so I guess it raises a question for me is, how am I going to handle that in my service work? Does that mean, for example, for Whirlpool or Frigidaire or Thermidor or Sub-Zero parts that are all currently still under a one-year warranty, I would continue to offer a one-year warranty on parts and labor, but then when it comes to Maytag, only 90 days parts and labor. And tell the customer it's because Maytag's reduced the warranty. Well, yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? These we're not talking about $5 parts. I mean, the, a lot of parts can get pretty pricey, and you can't uh, oh, you afford talk, that yourself. You get a, a control board and a, a Maytag Neptune front loader. Those, those are almost 200 bucks. So, and they're, now they're, those are only going to be guaranteed for 90 days. Well, I have seen those go out in, in less than a year. There's going to be a lot more of them going out. Uh, now, that won't be covered by warranty. There's a lot more irritated customers. And then there was another story that I had in here where Whirlpool is, um, uh, I don't know if people are aware of this, but uh, Maytag has had so many troubles lately that they're, being, they're selling out to Whirlpool. Whirlpool has made an offer, tendered an offer to purchase Maytag. Uh, Maytag shareholders have approved this purchase. And the only thing that's pending now is uh, FTC, our federal government, you know, we live in the land of the free and home of the brave and free market capitalism, right? But Big Brother must approve the simple sale that the stockholders have already approved of one company to another. Yeah, well, I don't, what does that tell us? It tells us that, you know, we just can't be trusted to think for ourselves. Absolutely, we're, we're morons. We're all, and so without, thank God the government's there to watch out for us because we're either too stupid or too lazy to do our own due diligence and take action on ourselves as responsible, fully self-actualized individuals. No, we're little minions. We have, we're little dinks. We have to have the government do things for us. You know, I wonder why, uh, why Whirlpool's interested in buying Maytag. I mean, they haven't, they've had some rough times lately with all the Neptune troubles and things. They have, and it's given them a black eye. It's certainly uh, given... Uh, the reputation's tarnished from what it was. It used to be, Maytag was, used to be synonymous with quality and uh, reliability and longevity, but no more. I mean, the experience with the Maytag Neptune has really been Maytag's huge, biggest black eye lately. It is, um, it does make you, but apparently Whirlpool must feel that there is enough market value left to the brand name that they're just going to snap that up and maybe revamp it. And it's certainly, it's, 
with a purchase like this, new management, you can it's easy enough to turn it around and reinvigorate the brand name to what it once was. Yeah. People have a new reason to try to at least give it another chance right. to trust it again. Well, if people still keep buying GEs and thinking they're solid, then Maytag actually still is, is ahead of that. Oh, game. hey, by comparison, yeah, Maytag is a gold standard compared to GE. Of course, anything would be. Uh, so, let's see. What else we got here? Service tips. Latest service tip here uh, for the Whirlpool front loaders. Been a problem with these machines leaking during the bulky cycle. Well, it turns out that if you verify that the door seal is intact and sealed properly, which it usually is, that uh, the problem is surprisingly enough, and this is something that you wouldn't guess at all uh, unless you had this little heads up from the manufacturer, and that's what makes this such a valuable podcast. So do your friends a favor and tell them about this podcast. Tell them. Tell them about fixitnow.com, too. Tell them. Yeah. Okay. So after you verify that the door seal is intact and properly installed, this only leaves the central control unit. Um, they've updated the software in it, and what it does is it senses, it's actually, it's leaking on smaller loads rather than larger loads. And there was some miscommunication going on with the software in the older version of the central control unit, that's the main control board. It's abbreviated CCU. Mm. Uh, and so how do you tell if you can tell if you have the updated version because it ends in a number two instead of a number one. Uh, All right, so that was hot stuff. Now, it just seems so odd. We're talking about appliances and software and central whatever it was. Central it's control unit. Well, you know, this brings up a good point, too, is that increasingly, I mean, appliances have really changed. Just like everybody listening to this has a, com has a computer at their home. Nobody, I don't think anybody in their right mind, plugs their computer directly into a wall outlet. It's, you're going to, because everybody has, has heard stories at least that you have to protect your computer from surges and transients and all the garbage that you get on the line. Well, appliances nowadays are essentially have computers in them and they're subject to the same type of, of attacks that your regular computer is from dirty power. And dirty power is an increasingly big issue in this country is, we have a, a lot of things coming online that generate harmonics and the spikes, and as power itself becomes more scarce, there's going to be more outages, and every time the power goes out, comes back on, it slams everything in your house, unless you've got surge suppressors, with a big transient spike. And this creates electronic rust. This, this, it, uh, this effect on the electronic control boards is cumulative, and, and eventually it just fails altogether. As we saw just the other day with a computer, went to turn it on and... Uh, that's arcing and sparking, some exciting stuff going on. Next tip on ice maker, oh, the bin overfilling on some KitchenAid built-in ice makers. This is the K and M line models that do not have indoor ice. Uh, there's a new shut, there's a pro been a problem with these overfilling, in other words, overproduction of ice. So there's, the ice maker is not sensing that the bin is full, keeps on producing ice. So you open the freezer door and... And you get ice shoved all out, thrown <laughs> kids, at you. The kids have fun with that one, though. Yes. Now, the, indoor the, ice, you mean the dispenser in the door. Right. And this, so with so that, these are the ones without... Without the indoor ice. So what indoor ice is, is the uh, trade jargon for ice dispenser, exactly. Okay. And so there's a new shutoff arm that's, that uh, Whirlpool's put out to correct this problem. 
Um, it'll, it'll sense the uh, level of the ice more accurately in the bucket. And uh, that was Bubba. And uh, the refrigerator is beginning with serial number QS. We'll have a new shutoff arms, uh, shutoff arm. So if you there, they've got some part numbers here. I'll post this at the website. And what's that website again? Fixitnow.com. Yeah, I'll post these part. Nobody remembers part numbers, and I know somebody starts yammering off part numbers to me, and, and my eyes cross and my ears cross too. And uh, so and that I'll, is a sight to behold. Yes, crossed ears. It's bad. So we're not going to bother with that. You just go to the website, and I'll have more more uh, details posted on this and some of the other tips that we're going to talk about. Uh, now well. we should mention our trusty companion Bubba, our German Shepherd, is laying beside us here. So if you hear any odd or rude noises, they're not coming from me or the samurai here. Well, we got uh, Bubba. He's our four and a half year old German Shepherd, my Semper Fi canine hiking partner, and he likes to hang out right here on the couch beside me while I'm working on my iBook. In this case, recording this podcast. And every once in a while, he'll let out a very satisfying sounding sigh. Just, oh, yeah. It sounds great. It makes me want to curl up and go to sleep. It does. Just Except that this is so exciting. Oh. I want to I hear what you're going to say oh, next. Oh, my God. You are just about missed out on the new procedure for installing the door latch handle on Maytag Tall Tub Dishwashers. Oh. Man, this is intense. Now, um, unfortunately, this is mostly an, uh, a, an illustrated tip. So just giving you a heads up that there's uh, going to be pictures of this, because this is a real, if you've ever wrestled with this before, it's a real trick. It's a real Chinese puzzle. And I'm going to have pictures of this posted at the website, so you'll be able to see that. So what was that again? That is fixitnow.com. Thank you. Thank you so much. We're, oh, there's also been, Maytag has also addressed a problem with an intermittent washer lid switch. Now, a lot of people don't realize the significance of the washer lid switch. They think, oh, pff, you know, silly little lid switch. Well, on the Maytags, and it's the only brand that does this, if the lid switch is bad, the whole machine will die. It kills the whole machine. So, um, in fact, typical complaint for that's associated with this problem is that the washer may be dead, won't fill, partial fill, no fill. Uh, there's a way to check it. I'm going to have a good picture of this at the website. Um, and essentially, if the if the it does turn out to be the lid switch, there's an upgraded lid switch available that will correct this problem. So, some more good stuff. Just giving you little teasers there for what's going to be at the website, and that's fixitnow.com. Be sure to go there for all your appliance needs. And I also want to um, get into a couple email questions here. Got one from Gail. Gail. Yes, this one comes to us from Gail. Hi, Gail. Hi, Gail. Thanks for uh, writing us, and uh, hope you're listening. And uh, Gail writes to us with a Kenmore top-loading washer. Um, like uh, the, the, Kenmore, the Kenmore model numbers start with three digits. In this case, 110, point, and then a big number of zeros after that. This indicates that it was made by Whirlpool. Very familiar with this model. It's a great machine, Whirlpool top-loading washer, direct drive machine. There's no belt in it. It's called direct drive because it's got a direct drive coupler between the motor and the transmission. Great machine to work on, one of the most reliable top-loading washers made today. Anyway, her problem with this was that it no longer spins. And uh, she's saying that uh, probable bad lid switch has a similar problem someone else asked about with the same model number. 
And it was, she said, goes on to say that it was suggested that I may need a new coupler, but they're not the appliance guru that you are. Well, thank you so much for saying that, Gail. And you are right. One possible candidate in this case in the Whirlpool washer is a bad uh, lid switch. We'll, we'll stop the machine from spinning, but also a bad coupler. And so both of these are possibilities. In this case of the coupler, it's totally a visual. You can pull the cabinet comes right off the machine and you can slide a mirror under there between the motor and transmission and get some eyeballs on that coupler. You see a lot of black sawdust underneath there. Sure sign the coupler is bad. Got two great links at my website that, um, that address both of these in detail in living color, illustrated, and lots of people have been helped by both of those. So there's easiest way to find it, just go to fixitnow.com and then in the orange box there, go to the appliance repair FAQs and then go to the washer section. You'll see um, an article there, one on the lid switch, another one on the drive coupler. So great question there from Gail. Thanks very much for asking it. And the other question here comes to us from Jim. And let's see, Jim has a GE dishwasher. He says, yeah. writes to us, says the door spring on his GE dishwasher rubbed a hole in the rubber hot water fill hose from the solenoid valve to the dishwasher. So this is the actual supply hose that supplies the water to the dishwasher basin from the valve. And he's wondering, should I attempt to wrap it with tape or pull the dishwasher and replace the entire hose? Well, you know, I don't know of any reliable way of patching a rubber hose that's going to be bearing, you know, carrying pressure, uh, pressurized water. I don't know of any reliable way of doing that. I mean, duct tape, what are you going to do? And plus, we're talking about a hose. You're talking about maybe a 5 or $10 part. Yeah, take the time and do it right. When you're talking about potential flooding. Flooding, absolutely. Oh. Absolutely, do it right. Spend a little bit of money where you're talking 10 bucks, and it's done right. And you don't have to worry about your Band-Aid holding. You don't have to worry about the, uh, any kind of uh, damage to your floor. So anyway, that's, uh, that about wraps up our show for our inaugural edition here. I want to thank you ver again very much for listening and for downloading our podcast. We hope you'll come back and continue subscribing. Um, come see us at fixitnow.com. Email your questions to us. We'd love to hear from you uh, about feedback on the show, what kinds of things well, you'd like to hear more of or less of. How can we improve the show, make it more useful to you? And, of course, your appliance questions. And email them to us. You may be famous and get read on the air. We would uh, uh, respect any anonymity that you, if you, didn't want to, if you wanted us to withhold your name, we'd be happy to do that, of course. We but, can use initials if you want. Sure, any way you'd like to do it, but you can email us that information, uh, any of your comments or questions at podcast at fixitnow.com. So thanks again for listening, and until next time, sayonara.